I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So where is Jameis Winston ranked among NFL quarterbacks by ESPN analyst Mike Sando, who interviewed about 50 executives? Is he getting better? Or worse, the numbers by Pro Football Focus may surprise you. And the Bucks full squad reports to training camp today. How many wins will they have in 2018? Well, let's just say maybe their playoff drought could continue. Meanwhile, the Rays fall to the Yankees and Matsuhira Tanaka, who throws a complete game, 4 to nothing shutout. The Evil Empire also gets richer. They get the Orioles pitcher Zach Britton for three prospects. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Verstick. Before we get started on the podcast, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this podcast, you also get a free audiobook. Now, here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So training camp is here. Steve, the Bucks full squad reporting today. We'll have a chance to talk to Dirk Cutter later this afternoon about his team. No doubt, I think uh, Jameis Winston might be a topic that comes up a time or two. Not that I anticipate Dirk's going to take the bait. <laughs> He'll probably have very little to say about the, the suspension, and there'll be plenty of time throughout the length of the, contract, of the uh, training camp to do that. But there were some interesting other – you know, this is the time of year – rankings come out and one of the guys that I respect very much in our business um, being uh, sort of the the NFL writer business is Mike Sando he works for ESPN he's an analyst for them you see him on uh, Sports Center. you see him on a lot of NFL shows as well uh, and Mike's worked in the Seattle Tacoma area for years but he ranks quarterbacks and the way he does this is usually you know through tiers like tier one tier two tier three and so forth and he interviews about 50 executives about all these players. And so it's a good insiderish perspective from, from you know, front office personnel and others within, within the league that sort of help him uh, do these rankings. And, you know, with respect to Jameis Winston, um, third tier, it, it looks like. Uh, all I can say is that he's ranked 20th, and that is just ahead – of Marcus Mariota, which Winston and Mariota, Mariota, of course, have been linked throughout their careers since they went 1-2 in the draft. And then just behind, Jared Goff, which is the Rams quarterback. He's down a couple spots, I think, from last year. And here's what Sando wrote about him. He said, you know, it's a problem when the quarterback is known for making poor decisions on the field, and he's also known for making poor decisions off the field. <laughs> and this is Jameis Winston. Uh, although there was good and bad on the field last season. And, you know, I was looking at these numbers, Steve, and it's like for as much as we, you know, Winston got wrapped uh, last year, and, and rightfully so, I mean, he was, you know, he won three games and lost ten. But you have to recall that, you know, he missed three three games as well. 
uh, nursing a shoulder injury in three of the games that he played, and he was he was dinged up. I mean, he was mm-hmm. not the same quarterback, in my opinion. And so as we go over these numbers, but the thing is, he is. I will say this to a lot of people because they rap on. I know Tom Jones wrote a column and raps on the turnovers, and that's that is definitely a a, a problem of Jameis's. But even that has gotten better in some some instances. I mean, 2017. These are all career best for him, right? Completion rate, 63.8%. Yards per attempt, 7.93, which I think was like third in the league. Interception rate, 2.5, so that was down. Passer rating, 92.2. As I mentioned, he missed the three games, and, uh, you know, that that certainly affects some of your value by not playing under these analytics. And and now, of course, I think the biggest thing that, that would impact his ranking is the fact that He's going to miss the first three regular season games. Um, one former GM noted, according to Sando, that Winston was, quote, on fire against Atlanta last season, uh, made him think that Winston could succeed with the right team and coach. Uh, a current GM said Winston beat the Saints late in the season uh, when the quarterback was supposedly healthy. And remember that final regular season game uh, on the throw down the field to Chris Godwin. And so one exec told him that, you know, Winston, uh, they thought they knew he would struggle coming out and that it's just kind of his makeup, you know, with the, the lazy feet, et cetera, but that he's still young. A lot of people don't like his game. They still think that he doesn't throw guys open. He has a elongated release and all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't argue necessarily that he isn't getting better statistically in many of the areas that you would look for him to improve. Well, he got uh, he's definitely getting better. And and the stats show that alone last year, but mm-hmm. you know he didn't have much of a running game to help him last year. The defense did him no favors in being the one of the worst ranked defenses in the NFL. So you're not getting short fields, you're not getting a lot of turnovers to, you know that that instant offense where you can kind of quick strike, mm-hmm. you know. And, and yet his stats all went up even with playing three games hurt. And and right. we noted during those three games it was noticeable he was not right you know it wasn't like you know okay it was a a little bit I mean you could tell on the field he wasn't healthy he wasn't 100 percent and then they finally you know sat him out for three games that you know he's definitely getting better the biggest knock and, and as we talked about it last season at nauseum is that he picks bad spots to force throws you know he's picking situations where throw it away, punt, play for the next series. Instead, he's throwing an interception, which sets the other team up for a score. I, you know, I remember the Green Bay game particularly. Had oh, a really God. bad turnover. And, that was a game that they should have won, and he, mm-hmm. and he absolutely, you know, going to the ground, cops went up. It was, I think it was, may have been ruled a fumble. or an inter, It could have been an interception. I think it was a fumble. And a you know, 293-pound man goes about 65 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was your ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's picking bad spots for that. But those are things you can learn from and grow from. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you hope this year that the defense is going to be improved and that you know they're going to cause more three and outs and give you some better field position. You're hoping with the addition of Ronald Jones that your running game is going to be better, and including you know adding Ryan Jensen on the offensive line, moving Marpet back to guard, that you're hoping that a lot of the pieces around – I mean, one of the things Winston does very well is play action. When you have a good running game, that becomes even more effective. So I, th- you know, I think probably twenty is probably where he deserves to be at this point. 
But I think the potential is there to be a lot higher still. And he's still, what is he, 24, 25? Just turned 24 years old. I mean, you know, he came out of college early. Most quarterbacks go a full four years in college or mm-hmm. even five. He came out early, so he's still very young compared to, you know, even some of the other younger quarterbacks that have come out since him. That, you know, you look at the age and stuff. He, you know, we, we like to compare quarterbacks to Brady and Breeze and Peyton Manning. And, mm-hmm. and, and we forget when they were younger, you know, Tom Brady wasn't what Tom Brady is today when he was 25. Yeah. Peyton Manning I, definitely the, wasn't. I mean, they, they get better, and, and experience at that position means a ton. And, yeah, and reps I mean, just, in that. And, and that's, that's where the suspension's really going to hurt Jameis, too, is right now he needs reps. Mm-hmm. And he's going to miss three weeks and, and probably have less reps in training camp because they got to prepare for the first three weeks without him. It's going to be a problem with respect to the other quarterbacks. Frankly, Steve, his biggest problem is, is that he's in the NFC South. And you have two former MVPs of the league, you know, in Matt Ryan and Cam Newton and a Super Bowl champion and a guy headed to the Hall of Fame in Drew Brees. And so in many ways, even though you're not on the field at the same time, those guys are the ones you have to outplay twice a year each. That's a big that's a big hurdle to get over. There's in my opinion, there's not a better conference or, you know, division, I would say, uh, in football besides the NFC South with respect to quarterback play. You know, I know some people talked about, well, what about the NFC North? And, you know, I still think Mitch Trubisky's pretty young. I like Matt Stafford, but he hasn't won anything. Aaron Rodgers is the only guy that's done any winning there. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins will be an upgrade from Minnesota. But, but you know, I'll still take the NFC South as far as quarterback play. Absolutely. I would, too. I don't think – and I don't think it's close. I I just don't. Um yeah, sure. You know, Cam Newton, you know, hasn't won a Super Bowl. Um, he's been there. That, that, but he's been there. And Matt Ryan's been there. And they were both MVPs of the league. So, you know, don't tell me that they're they're not good quarterbacks because I think they are. And that's the thing with Jameis. Most of these guys have significantly more experience. They've been in the league longer. And they're just better right now. And, you know, if Jameis Winston had gone to, I don't know, the AFC South, you know what I mean, um, and luck was heard and, you know, you know, Deshaun Watson was just going to – I mean – Well, imagine putting him could, on Jacksonville. Exactly. With that yes. defense and the weapons they have around him. Imagine if you Perfect had Jameis example. Winston as your quarterback there. Perfect example. Yeah. You're telling me he wouldn't get them deep into a playoffs? I mean, Blake Bortles just did that. Yeah. And he's – far better quarterback than Blake Bortles, you know? So a lot of it is the – and when you're picked number one overall, this is typically what happens. You go to the worst team in the league. It takes a number of years to build up your supporting cast. And I've, I've always felt like, you know, especially last year, the last couple of years, it's like, all right, Jameis, there it is. Go win the game for us. Well, and you're Every generally you're generally time. picking a quarterback number one because your team is bad. Well, they're very bad, Yeah. You know, I mean, what Troy Aikman goes one in fifteen his first year. Sure, Peyton Manning was uh, their record was bad. Led first record, year. I mean, in, and he has a, still has the record for interceptions. I right. believe. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're coming in, and, and Jameis didn't have as much experience in college. I mean, and I I don't know the numbers offhand, but for the most part, quarterbacks that stay four or five years in college do better in in the NFL. The quarterbacks that don't get four and five years, and, and there can be exceptions, and Jameis is one of those. But 
in general, the more time you spend in college, the more it doesn't have to be starting reps, but reps that you see that you're a part of the practices, the film study, the everything else, you're more prepared when you get to, to college or get to the NFL. You know, Jameis's age and all that, he's still young. But, you know, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, they all grew into it. I mean, Tom Brady had the luxury of being drafted 199th. He was on a pretty good team. I mean, yeah, he, he wasn't was. he wasn't incredible when he first took him to the Super Bowl. I mean, he did enough to get him there and, and was good, but he wasn't well, the Tom remember, Brady that we know now. Somebody cut Breeze or I'm sorry, somebody cut Drew Bledsoe in half. Mm-hmm. You know, and Bledsoe went out and Brady played, and then when Bledsoe was in a position to come back, um, you know, that that's look that looked like what was gonna happen. You know? One I'll say this that Sando quotes one defensive coordinator saying this about Winston. He says you know what? Uh, he he he's a tier three guy because they rank him in tiers, and he says part of his deal is that he's just hot and cold. You can always count on him to turn the ball over for you. We counted on it, and he was just super careless with the ball. Now that's something. If you're a defensive coordinator and your plan is Jameis Winston is going to turn the ball over to us, watch. You know. But how would you not feel that way? Mm-hmm. You know, even those interceptions and touchdowns are going down. So uh, that's, you know, f- going fourth year into the league, hasn't really won anything, one winning season at 9-7, and seven, um, number one overall pick. I think if you're the Bucs, and this is just one man's opinion with Mike Sando's ranking, although he consulted a lot of guys, that, you know, you'd hope that your guy in his fourth year was rated higher than 20th. You really would. You'd like to think that he'd be in the top, I don't know, 12 or 10. Um, but that's not the case. And and I also think that part of it is his off-field, the fact that he will not be there for the first three regular season games. So that certainly, you know, kind of takes a hit for him as well. Um, the other thing I mentioned was, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of these magazines out and, um, you know, Pro Football Focus, of course, releases a lot of information. Uh, one of the things to ask yourself is the Bucks go to, you know, report to training camp today is, okay, how many wins? Without knowing who's going to get hurt, with just just looking at it on paper, looking at the teams that they have to go against in the NFC South, how many wins are we talking about? In other words, what's let's let's just say what's the under over? And you know, according to the the numbers crunched by the people who crunched them at Pro Football Focus and other words, they believe that the Bucks are going to win seven games. And you know what? I don't think they're far off. I I don't I don't know how you could say that you would put the under over on much more than seven. Well, let's break break down the schedule to, to a point. I mean, the first three games, many people are predicting zero and three at best, one and two. I, and I don't disagree with that, by the way. Then you have five other games against your NFC South foes who are really good. Mm-hmm. You, New Orleans is one of that first three, so you've got you know, five other games there. So You play one time, or Jam- let's just say this, Jameis will play one time at home against Cleveland in the first nine weeks of the season. Yep, first eight games, one so home The game. first eight games, you'll have one home game with Jameis actually at quarterback. Assuming he comes back, is healthy, and the team isn't three and zero, and they want to ride out Fitzpatrick, um, you know, and and uh, you know, look, I mean, you get off to a bad start in the NFL, 
you go in three, and I think it, it's possible with or without Jameis, but if you go in three, you got to win for a month, a month, just to try to get back to 500. They have, I believe, the hardest schedule in the league. Mm-hmm. Three division champions to start the season, right? Without your starting quarterback, yep. um, it's going to be a big hole. And if they dig themselves out and get to seven wins or eight wins, that's about what I think they are. Now, you know, maybe the defensive line surprises us, and Jason Pierre-Paul, you know, turns into Reggie White in his prime, and you know, everything sort of falls into place. Um, one of those other rankings, Steve, that you and I were talking about that you mentioned was the secondary. Yeah, Pro Football and Focus came out with their secondary rankings and ranked the Buccaneers 31st, <laughs> saying that the ranking reflects not only the uncertainty at corner, but also the ineptitude at safety. Good word, ineptitude. I don't mm-hmm. know that I agree with it. Well, in their rankings, Chris Conte's never scored a 75 or higher in his career. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a second year, you know, second round pick from last year. Evans going to start as well, and he's got a missed tackle problem. They ranked him sixty first out of seventy two in starting safeties as far as tackling efficiency. Ouch, babe. Yeah, and that was a problem, by the way, in college. You know, it's mm-hmm. interesting how, you know, for lack of a better term, garbage in, garbage out. But I mean, like, if you have a guy who can't tackle, or isn't known for his tackling, or tries to bring the lumber and frequently misses. It's really hard to iron that out of him, you know, when he gets to the NFL. Well, it's hard, especially um, because there's so little contact now in practice. You can't, you can't practice hitting each other. You cannot do it, you know. And as far as that goes, I mean, you look, you, I think, I think the Bucks secondary will be much improved, certainly better than what they're being cre- given credit for now, only because you'll have some pressure on the quarterback. I'm not saying they're going to lead the league in sacks, but they, they, if they can stop the run, which is where it starts, you know, and, and that's why certain guys are here to stop the run, especially Vita Vea. Mm-hmm. But if you can stop the run and get teams and make them one-dimensional and get teams in, in predictable passing downs, now you can bring on Noah Spences and Pierre Paul. Now, all of a sudden, they become... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Formidable. If they're, if they're you know, just third and one all day, um, you know, the secondary's not going to be very good. The defense isn't going to be very good, and those guys are going to get hung out to dry. And I thought that happened a lot last year. I thought mm-hmm. no pressure on a quarterback. All right, Steve, so you there? You were there. I was there, unfortunately, with my family. Not that I was unfortunately with my family. They may have felt that way. I was happy to be with my son and my oldest daughter. Uh, but what a great Stinko game I picked to go to. My goodness, uh, you know, as much as I'm trying to, uh, you know, get my – my youngest there to uh, da- or my daughter to become interested in baseball. Um, the Rays just had a stinker. I mean, you know, Matsuhira Tanaka was great. I mean, he throws a, a complete game shutout. Let's give him credit for that. That's a hard thing to do in the major leagues. Uh, you know, the Rays have been swinging the bats fairly well uh, to this point. And but the Rays did you know, make it pretty easy on him to get a complete game shutout. I, I thought they did. I mean, they did not. Listen, his stuff, you know, he's one of these guys that has 
He has a good fastball. It's not it's not overpowering, but everything he throws moves, you know. And and he's going to try to get you to kind of chase. He never really I'll say this about him. He doesn't give you center cut strikes, you know. He doesn't just, you know, cement mixer sliders up there to you. So He's going to throw with a lot of movement and a lot of downward movement and get some ground balls and things like that. Uh, but I just thought that, you know, especially after the first thing, they, they, they got up there and it, they got themselves in a hole. At some point, somebody should have called them together <laughs> like it was Legion ball, like they used to do uh, back in the day, and say, fellas, let's make this guy work. Let's take a few pitches. You know, we're going up there and we're swinging to the first two pitches. We're either getting ourselves out or we're getting in the hole 0-2. And they, you know, his pitch count was such that he could go nine, and and throw a complete game shutout. There's a um, there's a joke amongst those who cover the Rays, and, and, and it goes back to the Rays have been no hit quite a bit in their in their yes. past. That you can tell early in the game when the joke is the no hitter alerts on, and we were saying that in the second <laughs> inning, and and Tanaka was perfect through the first four innings, but the first inning it took 16 pitches for him. And if if, if you sometimes you can hear these on broadcast, but any time that a pitcher has less than 10 pitches in an inning, they announce it to the press. So they'll at the end of an inning, they'll say, you know, that was a nine-pitch inning for so-and-so. Well, the second wow. inning was a nine-pitch inning. The third inning was an eight-pitch inning. The fourth inning was a nine-pitch inning. That The Rays were, I mean, through four, four innings, and he was perfect through four innings, he only threw 42 pitches because he was having he threw- innings under 10 pitches for three straight innings in a row, second, third, and fourth inning. And you know when you see a guy's and he was throwing well, you've got it. You've got to be more patient. You've got to foul off some pitches and and, and stay alive in that batch. You have to approach it, it differently it when a takes, guy's pitching that and, well. And make him get ahead of you. Like take some pitches. Mm-hmm. Not like not just go up there and swing at the first thing he throws. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and let him let him dictate a ground ball and have a quick inning. You know you you've got to make the guy work. I mean, and you know if he gets ahead of you, he gets ahead of you, but. You got to make sure that you're not chasing stuff and getting yourself out early in counts. And I just felt that they got into a rut like that. Now, you know, the Rays did hit some balls hard, and they hit some balls at people. You know, mm-hmm. whereas I felt like, you know, when it it wasn't a bad game by the Rays defensively, but Jake Bowers in left field, <laughs> you know, there was one ball that I thought he should have taken charge of, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he was know. he was shaded over towards towards left center more and had to come a long mm-hmm. way but yeah that's inexperience in left field not taking charge in that position where he's running in the short stops running out and he should have taken control and they kind of both let up on each other not wanting to collide which is good but and that's just inexperience you know when you're playing a first baseman in left field that's going to happen occasionally right and uh how would you make of uh, yanni Sharinos's return i thought he pitched really well um, you know, he was, at, he was attacking. I, you know, I always look at walks and he only he gave up one walk and it was intentional tonight. So in theory, he gave, he didn't, he didn't give up any four pitch walks that he's actually throwing the ball. Um, you right. know, I thought for his return, I thought I mean, he, he gave him a chance to win that game. He did. I mean, look, they, they never scored more than one. They got one in the mm-hmm. first, uh, they wound up with three runs against him. I, I want to say. And um, he limited damage each time. He was he was in trouble, mm-hmm. and and frankly, we talked about the ball that dropped in front of Bowers, that got him in trouble. But he he was able to get out of it and give his offense um, a chance to come back and and you know try to get on the board and try to to make it a game. But well, not only that, you know, but he just, also went a lot deeper in the game than anyone thought he would. I mean, yes, he did. If if, if you would have told anyone on the Rays that he was going into the seventh inning, 
You would have said no way. Right. No, he got deep, and and they weren't they didn't have to burn up the bullpen, which is key for them to to have a starter go deep in a game and be effective. And also against that lineup, that's a that's a hell of a lineup, right? Um, they handled Aaron Judge pretty well tonight. They handled some of those guys. What about your boy? What happened to Sanchez, by the way? Oh yeah, uh, I didn't hustle. Oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> oh wait a minute, who came up with this excuse? How long did it take them to figure this out? But you know, you're you, not going to play, but you're hurt. Yes. Okay, wink, wink. Well, nod, he says he, he says he got hurt on the pass ball that he didn't hustle in the first inning that Jake Bauer scored on. <laughs> yeah, but but even okay. more even more apropos timing. So Gary Sanchez last night doesn't hustle, getting destroyed on Twitter and by Yankees Rightfully fans for so. it. Yeah, and not the first time, by the way. So this morning. All the teams announced their Heart and Hustle Award winners. Well, oh, guess no, who the, they didn't. Guess who the no, Yankees Heart didn't. and Hustle Award winner was? No, they didn't. The backup catcher. Oh, the backup catcher? Austin Romine was their Heart and Hustle Award winner they announced this morning as Gary Sanchez is getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Sanchez is the tin man. He has no heart, right? Yes. Um you know, and and certainly no hustle. And it's not like he, you know, it's not like you tolerate him. He's hit some home runs in his career, but he's below 200 as far as his average go. I was really disappointed in Aaron Boone after um, what was it, the game on Monday night, because you know it was a weird sequence. If you didn't see how the game ended, I mean, basically Sanchez with the bases loaded, down by a run and two outs, chops one up the middle into the shift against the Rays and. You know, they go for a force at second base and, you know, flip it to William Adamas, Adamas, but it was too late. But Adamas quickly realizes that, you know, Sanchez must have thought he took a wrong turn or something and was walking basically to first base. And so he threw over and got him, and the inning was over, and the Rays win. Um, but it it was such a, you know, and, of course, you talked about the earlier loaf on a pass ball that, that cost him a game in Jake Bowers' scores from second but it was so bad I mean it was like you knew he was going to get killed and yet Aaron Boone is asked about it after the game and he goes I don't know you know I'm going to have to watch the film wait a minute man wait a minute that dude did not even try to run to first base you got to watch the film for what this isn't this isn't the Kennedy assassination I mean we're talking about the guy that got thrown out a half hour after he hit the ball <laughs> and they couldn't force a guy at second. Has he made it to first guy, base yet? No, and you had a guy cross the plate to score the tying run, was in the clubhouse, you know, getting some sunflower seeds before they realized that the game was over. I mean, it was such a stunned reaction by the Yankees uh, on the dugout, the fans that, you know, were dominant in, uh, in, Ray, in uh, Tropicana Field again, as they were, you know, Tuesday night. And, um, you know, and come on, Booney, just say what it is, man. Hey, my guy didn't run it out, but you can't do that. I'll have a talk with him, you know, instead of I got to watch the film. That's a football thing anyway, isn't it? You really got to watch the film in baseball? Well, you know, maybe they had to go to the replay. The umpires had to put the the headphones yes. on so he could watch it. I, I don't know. I wonder if he watched it in slow motion. Oh, wait, no, that's the regular speed, you know? Sanchez, please. <laughs> so he was out. Um, There's some interesting things, man. It, it's just, uh, 
you know, when the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees had lost five in a row. So it was, they were, that was the thing. When I got these tickets, I was like, you know what? They've beaten them five in a row. What are the odds they could beat anybody six, six straight times, let alone, you know, the Yankees? Who, by the way, just get richer, right? They landed Zach Britton. Is that what you're telling me now? That's correct. Three prospects go to goodness. The Orioles ones signed to Double A, two to Triple A. Yeah. When you want, when you want to talk about hustling, how about the Rays hustler? Every time I'm hustling, hustling. KK, that's right. Kevin Kiermeyer, your leadoff hitter. Why? Why Kevin Cash? Is that something coming from the front office too? Because he can't be thinking, you know what? I got nine guys here. What am I going to do? Who's going to lead up? Oh, Kiermaier. Great idea. Doesn't walk. Strikes out a lot. Batting about 183 or well, something. that uppercut there. swing that he's swinging with every time. It's like, oh, why? Steve, it's, what is happening? Get on base. Look, he was never going to, you know, you said it, but we were talking before the podcast. You're like, look, there's, you know, there's a reason he was a 31st round pick, right? I mean, it's not like everybody projected. He was going to be Mike Trout. Let's let's start there. Um, and and look, I'm not. He's in the major leagues. I never was. So you know, he's one of the best of the best. Platinum gold, platinum glove winner, you know, gold gloves, all that defensively. And he does hustle. Flops around a little too much. That's why he's on the DL. Spends a lot of time there. Um, but with respect to the way he is approaching hitting right now, first of all. There's no way a guy that can run like Kevin Kiermaier should, you know, be so pull happy that they can play a shift on him. You know, teams should be like, wait a minute, we can't, we can't play this guy in the shift. He's going to go the other way, or he's going to drop a bun on us, and we have no chance of getting him out. Um, but that's what he does. He he rolls over on everything. He tries to yoke everything, and now he has this thing. I've never seen a swing like this, Steve let alone from Kiermaier, where he's sort of falling out. He's sort of like chopping the limb off a tree above him um, and kind of bailing at the same time. And, you know, he's he's all, you know, shoulders flown open. I mean, everything. And it, it just – what kind of swing is he play, is he working with here? He's trying to he's trying to hit home runs. And he is. His strength, and just like Malik Smith, hit it to the gap and run. Left no center, question. right center. Just – Get it over the infield into the gaps and run, doubles and triples all day long. And look, they they both we know they both can run. You know what was weird about tonight? They both hit into double plays and mm-hmm. killed rallies. And I'm thinking, well, this guy might hit a ground ball, but they're not going to double him up. Yeah, they did, and they did it with Kiermaier as well. Mm-hmm. It was a weird night for them offensively. I mean, they just they literally they couldn't get out of their own way. I mean, yeah. they. Tanaka had him screwed up, and, you know, okay, so you chalk one up for the Yankee fans, and, you know, that's the name of that. But Well, you go for, yeah, you you go for the series today. Yeah, sure. Go for two out of three. It's a 12-10 start. Nathan Avaldi be on the mound for the race. And he's going to work quick. Businessman special. You might be able to take a long lunch and make it back in the office, right? Yes, and I don't think Zach Britton will probably be in town yet, so you don't have to face him, and you won't face him this weekend in Baltimore. So Yeah. Because that's where the Rays go next. That's right. Yep, they go up there and play the Orioles. So we'll see how the Rays bounce back. I mean, look, they like I said, they had won five in a row. Shame on me for thinking they could make it six against the Yankees. But I took I took the bait. Good crowd there, by the way. Yeah, nineteen thousand. Really, yeah, nineteen five seven nine was the attendance. 
you know, not exactly an engaged crowd. I mean, there wasn't a lot of action. The Yankee fan got off a little bit, but it was basically, um, you know, a pitcher's duel mm-hmm. and fairly quick and, you know, got out of there at a good time. It's just like, man, you would have liked to see a little bit of offense, but it wasn't, wasn't to be. So, And the Rays we'll lose Johnny him. Field. Yeah, you told me he got picked up, right? Yeah, the Indians picked him up, so he joins Brandon Geyer, former Ray up there. <laughs> Other utility outfielders. That used to play for the Rays, Brandon Geyer, um, who's a great guy, by the way, and his wife is lovely. Um, used to be a, a, a sports anchor in uh, Washington, greater Washington, D.C. area. Um, you know how she met him, by the way? I was there for Brandon Geyer's major league debut. I've heard the story she did, before. She did a story. He played at Virginia, mm-hmm. the University of Virginia, and I think they were going maybe to the College World Series one year or, or had a really good year. And she was a sports reporter, and she went down – and uh, did a story on them, and did and and he was part part of the story, I guess. Uh, and I don't know if 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 they bet her or she bet somebody that they wouldn't ask her out or something like that. But hey, romance kindled, and next thing you know, um, you know they're married. And his major league debut happened to be in the Baltimore D.C. area, and she was you know, wrapping up her anchor at around six o'clock. How do we get on Brandon Guy? I have no idea, but. Uh, I I just happened to be covering the Orioles uh, for Mark Tompkin that weekend, and his first major league at bat. Yeah, he's one. He's part of that club. Hits a home run, and she's racing to get to uh, Camden Yards, and she's in the parking lot listening to him hit a home run on her uh, on her car radio. How about that? That's awesome. As Mel as Mel Allen would say, how about that? Um, so yeah, kind of a cool story there. So anyway, we got uh, more Rays Yankees. Bucks report. We're going to listen to Dirk mm-hmm. Cutter. We're going to hear him not want to talk about Jameis Winston <laughs> for for the foreseeable future. Uh, tell us he does not know how he's going to have a quarterback rotation. He has no clue how to prepare two quarterbacks. Uh, and we are still six weeks away, or whatever it will be at that time, um, you know, from the start of the regular season. So nothing to see here, folks. I, I fully expect that to be. Uh, sort of the Bucks uh, Bucks take tomorrow, but football is back. Make no yep. mistake. If you're if you're on it, you got to be over. And it's that way uh, cr- throughout the NFL. So it's going to be a lot of NFL news. We'll have a lot of sound from Dirk Cutter and anybody else that uh, wants to uh, you know get in front of a microphone. Um, so that's something you want to look forward to as well. So training camp starts all week. First workout is Thursday morning. Uh, I believe that one is a. I don't think it's open to the public. It's closed to the public. It's closed to the public. Milit- the first, the first their, uh, public one is Sunday. This Sunday, and that—that's the—I believe that's the one uh, on Thursday that the, usually the military families and whatnot come out. Um, it's going to be a little different. Greg Allman has a guide to training camp that you might want to watch, with respect to you know they don't have as many covered areas and make sure you bring your sunscreen and hats and things like that. But check that out on Tampa Bay dot com as well hey we love your feedback we love that you're with us every night monday through friday or every day or whenever you're able to access this podcast you can always interact with us at sports day tb on twitter at sports day tb or you can reach me at nfl stroud also you can uh, reach me by email at rstroud at tampa bay dot com and as always please rate and review this podcast and uh, Steve, where can they do that? Anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any third-party apps that you use, just search for Sports Day Tampa Bay, hit the subscribe button so it downloads to your mobile device automatically every day, and then you can listen anytime you want. And if you'd like to be a sponsor of the podcast, 
We have openings there. You can reach out to us directly at Sports Day TV on Twitter, at NFL Stroud on Twitter, or directly to you, uh, rstroud at tampabay.com. Or you can call our sales manager, Monica Boyer, really nice lady. She'll hook you up and give you all the details you need to know. Her number is 813-957-0836. Absolutely do that. This podcast is growing. Why not be part of the fun and uh, you know also get some exposure uh, for your products as well? So I'm headed to uh, Buck's training camp to listen to Dirk Cutter. For Steve Erstnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.